Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is show 101 of NASCAR Radio, where trading cards and racing meet. I'm your pal Val, with me is amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well. I feel out of place this week, but <laughs> doing well. And then, and then the man, the myth, the legend, PSA Hall of Famer, Logan at King NASCAR, how are you? Uh, I feel like a stuffed pinata. <laughs> and then our very special guest mike summer aka wax pack hero mike how are you i'm doing great happy to be on here talking some nascar cards super excited to have you we're going to uh, we've got a great show for everybody today we're going to do race and recap we're going to talk to mike about nascar com c all the good good stuff that you'll want to know and then we'll uh finish the show with king's court so let's jump into it. We had the Camping World Truck Series. Oh, first like to always forget that one. <laughs> Thank our sponsor, Panini America. Camping World Truck Series. That was race number 12. And that was the inaugural DoorDash 250. Now was Saturday, June 11th. That was at Sonoma Raceway. Kyle Busch was our winner. And... Highest finishing rookie was Jack Wood at position 16. There's a lot of cup ringers in that one. Uh, I think everyone's getting a little uh, little preview of the, of the race, but Kyle Busch pretty much ran away with that, I think, at the end. Yeah, he led the most laps, and he had the best truck by far. Zane Smith, second. Tommy Jeske, third. Ross Chastain, fourth. And then Channel Smith. Car Carson Hokovar at six with that... Uh, uh, repaired leg and all. So, well, you know that Suarez uh, substituted for him. So, really, it wasn't Hokovar that, that finished. It was Suarez that finished sixth. Oh, I thought um, I saw Hokovar getting in the car and the truck in the beginning. So he he, he did. He did. Okay. But yeah, he came out on. I think it was on like lap twelve. I saw he had to start from the back after he qualified for the for the pole, but then uh, crashed. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess it was it was for the for the good of it because you know you had to get Suarez in the car anyway, so or the truck anyway. So Oh, I'm pulling up my Kyle Bush. I'm I missed that one here. <laughs> my cheat sheet. Kyle Bush, two thousand and four rookies. We've talked about him quite a bit in all the different series because it seems like whatever series he's in, he's winning. This is his last race for trucks this year. So he uh his last one he, he won there. So two thousand four press pass, card number thirty eight. And it also has the variation with the infield and track in the background. That's pretty cool that they did the variation on his rookie card there. There's a platinum P38. There's also the variation of that. And then the samples and eBay previews back then, serial number to five. He's got autographs. Top prospects memorabilia. You don't see too many of those anymore. The glove number to 100. Sheet metal 200 and tire to 350. He's also in the Optima. Card number 54 with the Beckett samples and the gold version as well. The Stealth, card number 65, Beckett samples, no boundaries. That is the insert and x-ray number 200. There's also the track side, 2004 track side, card number 31. And then he's also on card number 84 with Ricky Hendrick and Kyle Busch. And then he's also on card 92. So in track side, he's got those three. There's Beckett samples for each one of those, as well as the gold version serial number to 100. There's the high gear, card number 45. There's a Beckett sample. There's the eBay preview. And then there's MPH, which is one of the ones I have here to show. It's kind of, you see the 
the regular base and then the I don't know if you can tell but it's got a little foil around the truck there and then it's serial numbered there out of a hundred so with the purple corners and the light blue they hold they show wear pretty easy so this is uh an eight but can't go wrong with Kyle Bush rookies a future Hall of Famer. Yeah it's kind of like press pass new back then uh that he was going to be something because you know really you gotta think back then they did it wasn't like it is today where you had a, a gazillion or a buttload of of different cards. You know, you have you just had a few back then, but he had like five different base rookie cards. Yeah, he was in all the different series, uh, and it's also we didn't I didn't mention it, but we've talked about it before the 2000 the choice marketing rising stars. He's in that one as well. That wasn't really available in packs. I think that was available at, as a complete set right at a, at the track or something. Yeah, it was it was like a track type type set that was sold at the track. Yep. Uh, moving on, the next race, race number 13, is only four more races before the playoffs start in the truck series. We got Knoxville Raceway, the Clean Harbors 150 presented by Premier Chevy Dealers, and that's going to be Saturday, June 18th, 9 p.m., so Saturday night race. And the stages at Knoxville, end of lap 40, lap 90, and 150. We got a trivia for Knoxville Raceway. Who holds the record? With the most truck wins at Knoxville Raceway, so that truck that track was built in 1878 for horse racing. The first automotive racing was done in 1901, so the track's been around a while. Yeah, and it's not Knoxville, Tennessee, though. Like a lot of people think, it's Knoxville, Iowa, so which is like the the dirt epicenter of the world, apparently. Right. So it's gonna be a dirt race, and so. Who holds a record for the most truck wins? That's Austin Hill, which was last year. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a new track, is uh, what we're saying. New dirt. I guess uh, it's going to replace like Eldora or whatever. So, did you see uh, where Haley Deegan finished? I saw her uh, taking a drive in the countryside off the track. So yeah, she, she was doing some agricultural racing for sure. She uh, she ended up thirty second. I hated yeah. that. She. They thought she blew a tire, but I, I don't know what really happened. She just that, went off the road. That front right was down. I was actually was watching the watching the the race before. I was watching a little recap of it, and where she lost the front right looked like she hit the back end of that truck, took the whole back end off of it. But she was doing really well up until that point. Real well being like top fifteen or something. So. Yeah, I think she finished in the in like in stage one. I think she finished tenth, and I think she finished ninth in stage two. So she was up there, just had some bad luck again. Yeah, they said she was the highest finishing or highest qualifying woman at position nine to start the race. So, oh well. Xfinity, we had no Xfinity race, but our next race, race fifteen, there's twelve more before the playoffs, is in Nashville Speedway. Super Speedway in tennis, the Tennessee Lottery 250. And that's going to be Saturday, June 25th. So we have another week before that. And that's going to be at 3.30 p.m. Yeah, I'm hoping to be at that race. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be at the Cup race for sure. But I'm hoping to be at the uh, Xfinity race if somebody comes through for some with some tickets for me. Hopefully they will. All right. That'd be we'll good. See. Yeah. And speaking of Cup, that was the 30, 33rd annual Toyota Save Mart 350. That was Sunday, June 12th. That's the number raceway. Daniel Suarez was our winner. And highest finishing rookie was 
Austin Cendrick. Oh, um, just I jumped over, but highest finishing rookie in truck was Jack Wood. He doesn't uh, have any cards yet, so. I don't know Jack about Jack Wood. <laughs> Neither do I, so. Until, dumbass, <laughs> until they make some dumbass cards, but Daniel Suarez, our, highest, our winner and highest finish rookie was Austin Cendrick, so it was pretty awesome to see Suarez win. Yeah, there you go. Mike's got a, a Suarez autograph. Donruss. Suarez Scribble is, is more like it. I, yeah. I don't know that I can make out any kind of DS or any kind of other uh, <laughs> letters in there, but. He's got that, I just kind of get that D whatever, and it kind of slides and makes that a. Arrow. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> but we were just at, we were talking before uh, we came on about Daniel Suarez where, you know, it was great to see him win and kind of validates him. He, you know, he came up with Joe Gibbs racing and then he kind of uh, was there for a little bit and then moved over to Hollis racing and then moved on from that to, I think the track side and, or it was somewhere else before and then with track house, but, Oh um, yeah. But it was great to see him, you know, finally get that win. And you could just see the emotions of the whole crew and everybody hugging and even everybody in the, all the competitors were congratulating him as well. So I saw um, Kurt Bush and those guys drive up and, yeah, he was getting. Uh, does getting he not finger. get any? Does he not get any kind of credit for the All Star activities earlier? Wasn't I was you know when I was looking earlier, it looked like he was he won something in May with the the All Star Open. Oh yeah, he won the Open race to get into yeah. the All Star race. Does that that doesn't I guess count as an official event or an official win? It's not a points paying race. It's just, it's okay. just more of an exhibition kind of race. Okay. So they they don't pay points for it, so it doesn't it doesn't officially tally up in the win column. So yeah, this would be his official first official cup win. So because he won the the was the Xfinity Championship when he was in the lower level, uh, so you know everybody had big hopes for him, and it was great. Like I said, great to see him win it. And his rookies are in 2014 Press Pass Total Memorabilia. That's the card 47. Not a lot of parallels back then. There was a red version that was, I believe, from retail. There's a gold version numbered to 175 in the black and white, numbered to 99. There's four different autographs. There's the autograph memorabilia. There's a silver version to 125, gold to 99, blue to 25, and melding to five. And if you're a just looking for Panini, the 2016 Panini Certified. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite products we were talking about before the show. I, and the reason being is because everybody's in it. So it's card number 42 there. And there's all the different parallels. I won't go through them all, but there's on about 510 of them. There's the potential signings, signatures, and there's the expanding the materials. Uh, there's also in that 2016 National Treasures with the trios and quad autographs. 2016 Panini Prism driver signatures, no base, but signatures with the different parallels in 2016. And then 2016 Torque, uh, it's got two cards in that. And of course, twice as many other parallels. So for like two for gold, blue, red, artist proof, and so on. And then driver scripts in Panini Torque in 2016. So yeah, that was definitely a feel good win. Uh, I don't think I've seen the field be so happy and congratulate a single driver so much is uh, like when Dale Earnhardt Sr. won the 1998 Daytona 500, which I was there. 
Yeah, and I was gonna say it's been a while since I've seen you know somebody get their win and everybody everybody was happy for him. So yeah, they showed him on, in the in car and he was getting bumped in the rear. He kept doing he kept doing this. He kept getting bumped. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He was like looking in the rear mirror to see what what was going on. Yeah, he didn't expect all that. Yeah, and I like this I like this pinata celebration in Victory Lane. And you know what was funny, and I don't know how it happened, but they showed him doing the burnout and that taco was right in front of the front spoiler, which of course, when I was looking at it at first, I did, what is this? And then Tony Stewart said, Hey, I heard it's a taco and went, what? But so, um, I thought the same thing. I thought with this yellow thing, I was like, was it a, was it a rock? Was it out there to try to help him like with the burnout or whatever? I didn't understand, <laughs> understand what this yellow thing. Cause I mean, it was so contrast to the track and the car and everything. It's like, what is that? Because all you saw was the, curved rounded end of the taco not the topping side of the pinata you know taco it was like and then yeah tony was talking about it then he you know picked it up and he put his fist through it and of course tony's like well i like the pinata better than watermelon because you can eat the stuff out of the <laughs> out of the out of the pinata so i guess they're gonna have to bring those pinata tacos in the hall are now like Ross brings those watermelons wherever they go. He's always in a, a cooler at the track ready to go. Yeah, I'm going to invest in taco pinatas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say relic cards. Yeah. Taco pinata. Now that would be cool. Have a, have a taco, have a, a relic card from that taco pinata. Yeah, I'm always surprised they haven't done done the like confetti from Victory Lane. So like the Coke 600, when I went, was down in Victory Lane, that celebration, you know, those little pieces are shaped like little Coca-Cola bottles, silver and red that, you know, they'd be pretty cool relics, whatever. But Well, that's why we're, I guess we're not in, in the marketing department at Panini. <laughs> that is definitely why. <laughs> uh, Austin Cindric, we've talked about him quite a bit. I'll go with those highlights of 2018 Dunruss, the Phenoms, 2018 Panini certified, the signatures, 2018 Panini Prism, scripted signatures only, base in 2018 Panini Victory Lane, and then Victory Lane signatures as well. So next cup race, race number 17, there's only 10 more races left for the playoffs. It's going to be at Nashville Speedway. That's the Ally 400, Sunday, June 26, 5 p.m. That's a late race for Sunday. Yeah, it is. And the good thing is, is we have our same seats that we had last year. And the, the press box sh sh shines a shadow over where we sit because I looked at the weather report. It's going to be like 98 degrees for the high in Nashville that day. So they say. I mean, that's all over a week away, but you never, who knows? Quickly, can you bring food and drinking? Um, yeah, of course I would. Some year. tracks do, some tracks don't. I, the, the older no, tracks seem to have the grandfather clause. Okay. Because uh, we, I remember Tyler and I, we bought uh, drinks and stuff from the concession stand. So we, you know, and I never do that, but you know, those things are so overpriced. Well, like when I go for Charlotte, I'll bring stuff, but I mean, the race is so dang long. You go, you can't bring a foot locker and you know, it's a, a smaller cooler. So <laughs> yeah, you, you go through your drinks and food or whatever. So. Anyway, just thought I'd ask you, stages for Nashville, Super Speedway, end of lap 90, 185 and 300. Moving over to IndyCar, we had the Sanzo Grand Prix at Road America. Joseph Newgarden was our winner. He doesn't really have any 
trading cards. He's got the cards, I think, that are in the Matchbox cars or diecast or whatever it was. Yeah, that, that race was wasn't much going on in that race. I, probably one of the biggest things that happened is Jimmy Johnson spun out on, on lap one. <laughs> <laughs> he got back in the race. He ended up stalling it, but I guess they let him refire it. You know, so. But yeah, that was I was surprised at that. But it looks like somebody got on the inside of him and forced him wide and knocked him into the gravel. But yeah, that, that, there wasn't a whole lot going on in the Indy race. It was kind of like the Formula One race. It just was kind of a race, you know. wasn't, wasn't a whole lot of action, in in my opinion. Next IndyCar race, race number nine, is going to be the Honda Indy 200 at Mid Ohio, and that's going to be July 3rd. 12.30 p.m. That's going to be 80 laps. The Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course in Lexington, Ohio. Moving on to Formula 1, we had the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Max Verstappen was our winner. Uh, Ferrari can't catch a break. No, they, they did catch two breaks, and that's what, that's what, what the problem was. I guess that, that's the wrong <laughs> break, yeah. <laughs> I, I was we were saying before. I think they need to. Re- somebody needs to, um, you know, get that AAA membership for them for roadside assistance because it is not good. I mean, he was leading the points, and now two of these, you know, their their confidence has got to be shattered. And then Lewis Hamilton following the bouncing car. Yeah. So, so it, you know, he's yeah, kind he, of out of it. So it's you know, I think it's it's Red Bull one and two. You know, and I think the biggest the biggest takeaway is going to be, you know, does Max. Or Sergio Perez, you know, going to lead for the championship points. Yeah, um, and you know, Lewis Hamilton finished. I think he finished fourth, didn't he? He was just off the podium. He if, did, yes, fourth. I remember correctly. George Russell in third, and and Lewis Hamilton fourth. But yeah, he his just his car was just not there. Uh, oh so. yeah, he said his back was hurting, and I get I can see that if the car was doing that porpoising thing, where it's doing this. Oh God, that would. I mean, just up and down, that would that would hurt. So that puts Max in first place with points, second place Sergio Perez, tossed by Charles Leclerc and George Russell about was a fifty one points back from there. So they're starting to separate. Lewis Hamilton's in sixth in points, but like I said, with Lewis Hamilton and Sergio Perez, those two was about uh 21 points separating them right now. So, yeah, 21 points. We'll see what if there's a, any kind of infighting or what with that with teammates like that. That's one thing different about NASCAR than than F1, where you know you, you can't, you have to, what, what's the right word, not assume position, but you can't, you can't lay back or give up positions on purpose. Yeah, which is what you see a lot of in Formula One. You know, they have the air quotes team orders you know, to allow somebody to pass one teammate to pass another teammate because of the points or, or whatever the, the current situation is. Right. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that, that part of formula one. I think that you need to go all out. You need to try to pass as many people as you can and you need to try to beat it as many people as you can. You need to try to win. That's just how I roll. <laughs> that's it. Next race is the Canadian grand prix. And that's going to be Sunday, June 19th. That's going to be in Montreal, 70 laps. That kind of wraps up the racing recap. Yeah, it was a pretty good weekend. I enjoyed it. I watched I watched every race. 
And then I watch, then I watch the recap so I can remember because I'm elderly and, and I, I have a tendency to forget what happened two hours ago. <laughs> I'm the same way with all the things, different things going on with all the different races now. But anyway, our next segment are with our guest, Mike Summer, a.k.a. Wax Pack Hero. So, Mike, I know, uh, like I said, it was great. It's great to have you on the show. I know you collect NASCAR a little bit. I know you're in a lot of other different things. I know you have the, the shop. I don't. I was wondering how the shop's doing and how you know. Do you, do you have any kind of demand for NASCAR or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, NASCAR is something I started collecting a little bit probably back in 2017 or so i was playing a lot of fantasy sports and kind of got into playing fantasy nascar when it came out on DraftKings. and as i was starting to play more of that you know i got connected and um i had been listening a little bit about about you val and the the origination show way back when 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 you first came out and i started to dabble a little bit in nascar cards at that time and for me it was one of those things that combination of playing fantasy nascar watching nascar because of that and then opening nascar cards it all kind of merged together for me to to be something that was just a lot of fun and as you guys are talking about it was so affordable and you know as i was talking you know those first first um product i think i bought was 2017 donruss and on steel city you were able to get cases of hobby boxes for like 20 something dollars each like i think i bought a full case for like 475 dollars or something and it was just you could get tons of cool hits and autographs and everything. And I was watching the guys um, on the screen on Sundays and it was just a lot of fun to start to put those, those sets together. And so that's kind of the product that got me hooked. And as Val, you and I talk every once in a while, that's why Donruss racing Donruss NASCAR is, is my favorite racing product every year. And it's been the one that's been consistent, you know, through the, through the, that time from 17 on. So um, I, I've had a lot of fun, uh, collecting that i don't go deep onto to all of them but i've kind of built a little bit of a a collection of those don rust sets and then as i come across um, some autos and relics of uh, some of the racers that i don't have i put those in a binder and so i've been kind of building kind of a collection of, of autos and relics of some of those key drivers um, over time i think one of the coolest things i'll, I'll just hit on this too because i think it's fun um one of the coolest projects that I had around NASCAR was something I put together a few years ago for my dad. Um, he worked at, he's a racing fan and he worked at cat his entire career. And so I put together kind of a framed piece of um, autograph and relic card of all the different cat drivers throughout the year. And it kind of was centered around, uh, I think it was Ward Burton. There's a NASCAR illustrated uh, magazine when he won Daytona. Um, and so I kind of had that as kind of the center centerpiece and, um, my dad's not into cards really, but he thought that was pretty cool and, and pretty special. And I had a lot of fun tracking those down. So that was one of my, my most memorable kind of NASCAR related projects that I put together a couple of years ago. Yeah. Ward was, uh, was pretty good there. Uh, he, he was a personality for sure. And, and Cat and, and, you know, you know, maybe the, you know, the colors and everything else. That's one of the things great about NASCAR with the relics and, and everything else. With, yeah, it's with, it's with pretty the color, neat. So. Um, as far as the shop, I do have do have a few folks. I have a couple boxes of NASCAR cards in there, um, and and I do have some folks who who come in looking for those. There's there's a couple I, I'd call them more diehards. You know, they've come in and made me an offer to buy out the whole box at once, and so I've sold out the whole the whole box uh, a couple times to a couple of those guys as they come in. But 
Um, you know, as you'd expect, not the same maybe demand that you see for football and baseball and that thing, but I do have I do have folks that come in looking for NASCAR from time to time. Yeah, definitely not the demand like the other sports. And I guess that's a good and a bad thing. So it keeps the stuff affordable. And, you know, you're talking about that 2017 Donruss, you know, the, there's a great first flagship for Panini with with the Donruss there. And I see all the blasters and stuff we were talking before where you can get some great deals on the blasters and, and have a lot of fun hits for, you know, $5 a piece. So. Yeah, it's great. When I when I first opened up the shop or kind of took over the shop, I guess I should say, because I, I bought out the, the former owner. Uh, one of the things on the shelf was, I don't know, probably 30 boxes of 91 Max. Um, <laughs> and uh, and our, our pal Ken ended up uh, putting in an order and, and buying most of those that I shipped down to Texas um, f- for him because... Uh, Cause he was a fan of that, but yeah, there's a lot of Max in there when I, when I bought the, bought out the shop. But um, like I said, people still kind of like to pick up some of that kind of stuff. And um, it's, it's still, even though it's gone up so much over the last couple of years, relatively speaking, it's still very affordable compared to what you see elsewhere. And as you're talking about these rookies and um, some of these first time winners, I, I think that's one of the other cool things is kind of the throwaway autos in a lot of these boxes when you open them become the winners two or three or four years later. And so some of the autographs that I had set aside that were like partially because it wasn't worth listing because it was only a a dollar or $2 autograph are now, you know, something a little more meaningful because these guys are now up in cup and, and starting to get some wins put together. So uh, that's one of the other things that I, I enjoy about NASCAR. Yeah, I'll get go out and say I'll guarantee that uh, there were, there will be Dar- Daniel Suarez autos and rookies in the the cheaper boxes in on the in the show or on the shows or in in the dealers tables or whatever that uh, you know that 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 are available at a really good price. You know, not like um, some of the other sports where well, they speculate and, and go really quick. So you know that makes me think of something, Val. Who did I predict would be the next first-time winner? I just remember. I'm yes, like, yeah, you did say Daniel Suarez, yes. Everybody was saying it would be Tyler Reddick, and I'm going, no, not the way that they're running. I think it's going to be Suarez, and there you go. I, I, I forgot all about that till just now. Well, you have to admit that, you know, this is Trackhouse, their, what, second season, first first season what, full-time or with two drivers, and they've already won three races, so – yeah, uh, Ross Chastain with two and Daniel Suarez with one. So that's that's pretty impressive that, that they've been able to you know turn turn it up and and come out of the gate pretty hot and, and win. So and we're only what uh, fifteen races in. So so Mike, who's your favorite NASCAR driver? Oh, I don't know that I've got one. Uh, I think when I was watching regularly, when I was watching every single week, it was whoever I owned the most of from a fantasy perspective that week and whoever I had taken the, the biggest piece of. Um, I like, I think, so Kyle Busch was one that I would find myself cheering for. Um, his his feisty attitude was something that that I, I enjoyed. Um, and so I eventually was able to get one of his auto relic cards. And so um, he was always on there, um, you know, and, and I think um, Kurt as well, just the fact that there are two brothers competing kind of at, at the top of their game against each other every week. I, I thought that was kind of a, a cool aspect, too. And so 
um, seeing those guys go go back and forth um, was pretty neat. Um, the same thing with the Dillon brothers, you know, with them, you know, for a while, they were both up in cup at the same time going back and forth and, um, and then getting a chance to meet Ty last summer at the national was pretty cool and getting a chance to interview him. And so, um, kind of from that point on, he's kind of held a little special place in my heart. Hopefully he'll be able to, um, get back up there on a regular basis at some point. Yeah. And I, I've listened to your podcast and I've, I've heard the little Ty Dillon promos that you've got. And, and I, I told Val, I said, why didn't we do that? <laughs> he was right there. <laughs> but I thought that was really cool that you have him doing the promo for you. I like that. I'm glad I thought about that as after we were, were done chatting for that interview, because um, I was like, you know, why, why not take advantage of, of him um, being there with me and, and having that conversation and see if he'd cut me a little promo like that. So, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And, and it's I know pretty cool you, that he collects cards too, you know, and so that that yeah. was a, a neat aspect of it. Yeah, I'm curious to see how he's doing with that. I know I think he does basketball, and I know he was working on trying to open a shop up where he's at, you know, to see if if there's any progress on that. So, but it's always cool to see athletes, you, you know, the collect cards or naturally they don't do their their own sport, but it's cool to see them in, in cards. So, Mike, I know one of the other sets you collect or we're trying to collect is the Panini Instant. That's another yeah. one, of, uh, one of my favorite and yours as well. How's how's that 20, I think 2017, how's that coming? Yeah. 17 is the tough that is the tough one. This The 16, I was able to get all of those um, tracked down. 2017, I, I think after my initial run, you know, there there's a another couple month window and I was able to find a couple more, but I have my eBay alerts set up for those. And every time it comes up, it's the same two cards that come up every time. And it's none of the ones that I still need. So, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a bear, you know, I, I was even joined the, um, the Facebook group, the nuts group on Facebook. And I tried to put some requests out on there. If anybody knows of any leads or they're like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what that is. Um, and I, I just had to spend more time trying to explain what the set was than, you know, it was kind of a dead end, you know, trying to, trying to find any there as well. So, man, that is a tough set when, when you're down to 50 or 60 cards is all for a few of those, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough one to collect. And um, I don't know if it's just the, the people that have them are, are diehard fans or, and they're locked up or if they're just, you know, tucked away in somebody's show box, uh, you know, and, and are never going to come out. But if I ever, if I ever finish that 17 instant set, um, it's going to be a, a quite an achievement. Yeah, I'm working on it as well, and it seems like there's 20 or 30 of them, or 20 of them that are just really tough, tough to find. So, uh, with such low print runs, I, I'm wondering if the folks did just buy all the Panini Instant and they're just sitting somewhere uh, in somebody's account somewhere. But, yeah, or like, or a couple of them maybe is a you know their biggest fan and they bought 20 of them or whatever to get the discount and so really there's there's 50 or 60 total but there's four people that that, that have them all um and they're just sitting in a pile because it's their favorite driver or something i don't know but but man those are i don't I guess i don't understand the, the big difference between 16 at that time when i was trying to get them it wasn't near as challenging to find those as the 17s. And I know there's fewer 16s than 17s, but even 
even with, you know, an extra 30 or 40 in, in those 16s, maybe it, it was just so much easier to find them than, than those 17s. Yeah. I know with, with the 16, I pretty much purchased some of, of all of them and 17, I was more selective. So I guess everybody was, it was that way. Mm-hmm. I sure hope it sure would be nice if we got that, that back. I know, you you've talked about that on the show. We've all kind of mentioned it to the folks at Panini when we've seen them at the national encouraging them um, to consider that again, but hopefully at some point we'll, we'll see some of those come back. Yeah. Like, you know, this last week they missed out on the first win Daniel Soros. And there's, and there's been several, you know, younger drivers, you know, winning over the last couple seasons. And um, it, it would be cool to, to have those kind of on demand, um, products but yeah for all the for all the drivers collected ross chastain bubba wallace you know to name a few here uh michael was well, michael mcdowell austin cindrick austin cindrick yep so it would be nice to have any, any steam to to valid argument here but <laughs> i feel like when tops does it on a daily basis and you see guys so-and-so got three hits and they get a tops now. And it's like, that's not a big deal. You know, why aren't we getting it for Panini, uh, you know, like for Suarez and stuff like that when it's once a week and it's historic to a degree, but then, you know, somebody else out there is doing it daily for very minor accomplishments. Yeah. I'm not sure, but, but it is, uh, it is one of those things that I don't know if I'll ever complete the, the set, but it's, it's been a fun set to chase it's one of those things it's fun to have the ebay alert uh, when i open up the email every time it comes in just hopefully hoping with my fingers crossed that it's one of the ones that i still need but yeah i don't, I don't know it may be a it may be a, a foregone conclusion that i'm not gonna ever be able to complete that one but it's it's fun to have you know the the two-thirds of it or whatever it is that i've got at this point so hey mike uh is there any nascar autograph that you don't have that you're looking for that you, you really want to have? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think at some point, you know, I, I'd love to have um, a Dale Earnhardt auto um, and I don't have, I don't have one of those yet at this point. Um, and Jeff Gordon as well. He's another one that was, you know, in his prime when I was kind of coming up through, you know, high school, college, especially during, during those um, that era um, he was, you know, kind of one of those legends both of those guys I don't have autos of that I'd love to to track one down at this point. Um, as far as the the kind of the current class of drivers, um, I've got most of the ones that that I'm interested in, the the Kyle Bush, the Logano, Keslowski, um, you know, all those types of guys, you know, I've been able to to track down and get already. Um, so I, I think it's really kind of those those two, Dale Earnhardt and um, Jeff Gordon would probably be the two that I'd, I'd still like to track down at some point. Do you have Richard Petty? Um, I no, I have Kyle Petty. And boy, you were talking about, I think you were talking about his autograph a few, a few months ago. Um, both of them have awesome autographs. Um, just, just the, the way they look. Here, I'm going to pull it out real quick as, as I'm sitting here. But yeah, um, I just love that autograph. Oh yeah, I mean they, Kyle and Richard both just have beautiful autographs, and I think Richard's is probably the most beautiful uh, autograph in professional sports. Period. I mean, of course, I, I'm a little biased because I collect Richard Petty, but you know that's just how I feel. 
but I, you know, as I look through these, I mean, they all have not all because we we're just talking about Daniel Suarez's kind of scribbles with arrows. But, um, you know, I was just looking, I've got a Mario Andretti autograph sitting here, Clint Boyer, Michael Waltrip, Denny Hamlin. They all are, are unique, cool. You can make out, you know, specific, you know, kind of keystone letters in their name. Like I, I just, I don't know. I I've, I've enjoyed kind of putting together, um, some of these autos and relics, you know, of some of those, some of those key drivers or, or even the non-key drivers, like we we're talking about with the rookies and things. Um, if, if I don't have their auto and I get it in one of these boxes, I stick it in my binder um, just so that I can kind of build that kind of growing collection of, of different autos. And so um, I don't know, it's, it's fun. It's fun to go through, you know, I still have a lot of fun putting them together. Um, I, I have not yet got my 20, 22 Donruss um, hobby boxes yet. I've been stubbornly holding out for them to to drop in price a little bit. It's still hard for me to get comfortable paying. I think our, our the the LCS that I'm a part of that carries the new wax. I think they had them for around 120 dollars a box, and it's hard for me to adjust paying that when I when I think I paid you know 80 dollars for last year's and was paying. $50 or less for, for all the ones um, prior to that. And so um, I've been holding out, holding out hope that they drop a little bit before I, I pick up any hobby boxes or the other thing that I've done, I especially did last year with 2021 donors was picking up large lots um, from like the blowout forums. You know, I think I bought um, a couple medium flat rate boxes worth of all optic and optic hollows. Wow like less than a nickel piece from somebody who's opening cases worth of of it and so you know I, that's a fun that's a fun way for me to collect as well as buying some of those um case lots from folks who are only chasing the hits and picking up all of the base and inserts and um optic and all of that kind of stuff for for super cheap um so i've, I've done that a couple times as well with with some of those um donruss products that's cool. That kind of sounds like I went to my new LCS the other day and they have the 2020, whatever the current year is of prison football, which it came out. And they said guys were buying those packs for like 125 a pack and they weren't getting anything and they were just plopping them down and just leaving. You know, they, yeah. they all they were looking for were the hits and the good cards. So, yeah, that's a, it's a, something that people don't necessarily realize but you know a lot of times those those hit chasers um even in this era of inflated wax prices it's not uncommon that they just kind of dump everything else um super cheap and sometimes it's at an lcs like you were talking about and sometimes it's in one of the forums or they just throw up a big lot on ebay um and and dump everything else and so um, if you do a little digging, sometimes you can find you can find kind of the case remnants for for product from pretty much every sport um, because there's enough people that are just chasing hits that don't want to mess with everything else. Yeah, you know what's good about that too is when you pick up stuff like that, you can put it on Com C. You can, yeah, you can. I it, I usually do some combination of of getting through it. Um, some of it goes into the PC. And then some of it goes on ComC, some goes on eBay, some goes on Sport Lots, and I kind of am able to kind of to put put it out through all of those different sites. A lot of times for that for that racing stuff, especially the serial numbered stuff, I'll I'll send into ComC the stuff that's a little more limited and 
and be able to get it up there because um, there's enough people trying to track down, you know, those serial numbered parallels and things like that, that uh, it's a good, good opportunity to, uh, to move it to some other collectors and get it out there for other people who are trying to track it down. Like we are with that Panini instant set. Yep. Yeah. I've listened to your podcast before. And when you were talking about when you buy big lots of, of or when you buy collections and how you, you, you have different piles for, you know, Com C, Sport Lots, eBay, and all the different places that you want to sell them. And uh, I actually learned a lot from that. I that's that was really really informative. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's super helpful. You know, I, I think having the the patience to go through and the the time and effort that it takes to kind of go through and sort a collection or these big collections, and then being open and willing to consider and test and experiment with some of the different sites and selling platforms to see what's going to work work best has really paid off because you know in that episode that you were talking about i, I talked about how based on all of that experimentation um, if I'm buying at the right price, I can figure out a way to make money on pretty much any any type of collection, whether it's um, high end cards, mid end cards or even base and insert cards, um, because they all have a customer base and a, and a segment of the hobby that collects them and pursues them. It's just doing and finding how and where to connect with those folks so that you can get those cards into their hands when they're looking for them. And so, um, yeah, the, the the main platforms there's a, a segment for the shop and, and show inventory is stuff that I know that there's local demand for. And then a lot of the base and inserts go to sport lots. A lot of the serial number dollar to $20 type cards I sell on ComC. Um, and then eBay for some the stuff that's a little bit higher and complete sets and memorabilia and all of that kind of stuff. And it, it just kind of, and then Facebook to unload everything else that's um, you know, not selling well or, or, or just kind of that bulk inventory that's left over. And so between all of that, it, it, it works out, it works out pretty well. Yeah. You're, uh, you, 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 I tell you, you, um, you manage your time very well because <laughs> you, there's a lot of work that goes into, you know, sorting through all those kind of collections and things like that. And, and, you know, being able to put this here and post this here and do this here, uh, that does take a lot of time. People don't realize how much time that really does take. Yeah, it, it is a, it, there is time and effort. It is not just, it's not quick or easy money necessarily. Mm -hmm. Right. But um, I, I'm fortunate that I'm an early riser. So, you know, I'm usually waking up about 445 every morning and I don't start work until uh, seven um, for my day job. And so I've usually got a couple hours in the morning where I'm able to, to kind of focus in on some of that type of stuff. Um, I, I'm only at the shop um, like four hours on Saturday and Sunday afternoons, kind of like noon to four, kind of limited hours at the shop. Um, but it's also not uncommon for my daughters to come in with me and, and hang out at the shop with me and they'll help me sort and go through some of that kind of stuff uh, when I'm at the shop as well. And so that type of thing really helps out with some of that time and, and effort. And then that's, again, one of the, the great things about, about the utilization of ComC is um, that really lets me scale almost infinitely, right? When, when I run into the, those times where there might be things that I could sell on eBay, but if I know I'm not going to have the time, I can just stick that in a box in one of my ComC submissions and they do all the listing and, and taking pictures and shipping and all of that kind of stuff for me. And so utilizing ComC for a lot of that uh, really helps me kind of scale and manage that time because I don't have to handle it other than creating my submission and getting it in the box um, to send into them. 
So you mentioned, you know, multiple ways, and I, I think Val and I are in agreement here, but I want to see what you think because you're kind of in the same boat as me. Like this, this goes here, that goes there, you know, this goes over here. So if you were picking between like Calm C, Sport Lots, eBay, Facebook, you know, whatever, we'll take the store out of the equation. Which one is your preferred method? Because they all have advantages, disadvantages, you know, with price and timing. But as far as like for you, what do you like and why? Yeah, that's that's a it's a great question. And it it's a really I think it's a personal question that comes down to yep. everyone's individual circumstance. The way that I think about it and, and and again, this this may not be right for everybody, but this is the way that I think about it. I use eBay for. I think of eBay for one of those those big bulky items that that I can't sell anywhere else. But when it comes to singles, for things that I want to get that money quickly, I can put them on eBay, sell them quickly, and that money's in my account, you know, within a week, right? right. Um, right. Based on on the way the management <clears throat> works and all of that kind of stuff, right now, right? So if I know I want to turn something quick, eBay is where I'm going to go first because I can get that get that turn quickly. Um, ComC is where I go for things that I think have a demand, but it may not be a quick demand. Um, and when I need to scale a lot because it's so hands-off for that perspective, right? So some of the more obscure type items, things that may not sell really fast or right away, but are still um, in demand overall or, or have a following overall, those are things that I'm going to send to ComC for sure. And then Sportlats is almost like this long tail um slow build of inventory that I know is going to sell over time, but is that slow and steady and consistent kind of base of money that I know that I'm going to, is going to pay back dividends over time, right? I'm, I'm still selling things every month that I listed back in 2016 when I got started on, on sport lots. And so I've built that inventory from, you know, a, a couple thousand cards when I first started in 2016 to, I think I'm over two. Let me tell you real quick. I think I'm over two hundred thousand in inventory now um, on the site. Yeah, two hundred and sixty, two hundred seventy thousand cards listed that I've got um, on Sportlots right now. I'm selling two to three thousand cards every month on that site um, at a minimum of eighteen cents a piece. Usually somewhere between eighteen cents and a dollar a piece, right? And so that is, I know the things that I list there, those base and insert cards on sport lots are going to be a slow burn over time, but provide that slow and steady return. And so um, that's going to be where the majority of that type of stuff goes. And I just know it's going to take a while to sell through, but I'm selling a few thousand cards a month um, that are base and inserts for a quarter to a dollar a piece. And so um, that's the overall mindset. So one's really fast. One's kind of midterm that I don't have to have any kind of manual handling of. And then the other on sport lots is kind of that long-term slow and steady um, return that I'm getting from those cards. I don't know if that makes sense at all, but, but that's kind of how I've, I approach it. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, Val and I, I think we're going to pick calm C for the most part. I, for me, it's funny that I miss the days of the quarter insertion fees instead of 50 cents. You know that that's a killer in some cases but uh you know the flipping and we're not going to go into it today but i know you were buying some aew stuff and so was i 
and there's still stuff that I'm buying from the wrestling sets, but there's some easy flips on there for a whole different show of instruction yeah. on how to do that. But, you know, as far as submitting of your own cards, you know, I'm going to go calm C for me. I just wish, you know, we kind of were back to the, the old times, like, like a lot of things, you know, so. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, I've got 110,000 cards listed on Com C right now, and I submitted about 20,000 of them. And the rest I've all picked up on site to, to flip, like you had, you had mentioned. And right. so, um, it's, you know, I've still sent in 20,000 cards in the last, in the last five years. It's still a very, a very key piece, um, of my overall, um, platform. But, you know, like you said, it, it, maybe I can come back another time or, or whatever. We can talk a little bit about the, the flipping aspect of, of Com C too. But, um, but yeah, when it comes to the scalability, you know, nothing beats being able to just box it up and send it in and then, um, they take care of everything, but pricing it for you. And, and so, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a key piece of the, the three, three platforms that I use most, most often. You know, something for me, because now with my job, I travel every week, sometimes five days at a time, sometimes 10. But if I travel for 10 and I am I can hit a weekend show, I'll buy stuff and then I'll box it up and send it to Calm C before I even get home. So I don't have to worry about travel. I can send it in, buy some sleeves, uh, you know, and get it in there. And, you know, it's two or three months to get it listed and posted, but uh, the convenience is definitely bar none above everybody else. Oh yeah. If you're in that type of situation, yeah, that's, that'd be fantastic. You know, I, I've kind of talked about a couple of times, my, my long-term goal and it's aspirational is I'd love to get up to a million cards of inventory on the site. Um, by the time that I retire from my day job. And a big piece of that is for that very reason. If it, if at, at that point I want to travel, I want to do other things. I don't want to be tied or there's no way that I can right. be tied to the house like i am now you could in your situation you couldn't do sport lots like i do sport yeah lots. absolutely it, just, not. Yeah. it would be impossible to be able to do that right and mm. even ebay would be would be pretty difficult with any kind of a volume um to be able to do right and so it's a perfect solution for somebody who's in your situation or um only wants to to have to mess with it from time to time you know you're just you're able to travel and send it in travel and send it in travel and send it in yep. and everything else is just handled online. So it's, it's perfect for somebody in that type of situation, especially cause you can also just sit and buy and flip, and just you know, click, from your hotel click, room yep, yep. And, and, and actively participate um, while you're on the road too, not even having to touch the physical cards. One thing that I like that come see now as, or as it's grown as the hobbies and stuff has grown that they are carrying or more people are submitting for NASCAR and racing. Lots of F1, lots of NASCAR. So it, it, you know, some of the other sports, like my thing with sports laws was trying to sell NASCAR. Uh, your fees are based on how much yep. you sell. So for somebody specializing in just a NASCAR, you take a massive hit because you might not, you know, sell through a lot per month. But, you know, so to try to get that inventory of, of NASCAR and try to sell. But meanwhile, though, over on Com C, there's a lot of other, nascar and f1 now so yeah i on, i was just looking earlier today too on on com c i think they're up to over ninety thousand different nascar cards or not just nascar but racing cards listed um so yeah no, i mean ninety thousand different is 
is getting up there to be, you know, be pretty good. Like you said, on, on sport lots, it's tough if NASCAR is your primary source, because while I do sell NASCAR, NASCAR cards there, and there's not a lot of sellers. So a lot of my inventory and, and some of those sets is the majority of the inventory on there. That's not a, a high volume seller. Right. And so if that's the only thing you're selling, it's tough to get past some of those um, fee limits and, and some of those fee thresholds. If, you, if that's the only thing that you're selling um, as a, as a seller, and it can be challenging sometimes as a buyer too, because some of those sets, especially the the earlier um, kind of early 2000s or late 2000s, early 2010 stuff, there's not as much on there because it was a, a later addition to the site compared to the other sports. But yeah, it's growing on on ComC for sure. Yeah, that's my, uh, I guess, go-to right now. So Yeah, I, I'm a buyer on ComC. I don't sell. I mean, how... Mike, how e easy is it to get started selling? And, and is there like a recommended quantity of cards you want to start with? Yeah. So when I started, I started with a $10 deposit and I started by just flipping stuff on the site, you know, that we were referencing before. And I would, when I had first done, when I first did that, I, I didn't approach it and I didn't have this long-term big picture mindset that I've got now of, of being kind of combining both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I was, I was just collecting at that point, um, but I was flipping a little bit and then I would pick up a few of the cards that I needed to complete a set. Um, and so it, it's really not difficult at all um, to get started and, and do some stuff like that and to, to experiment a little bit with 10 or 20 bucks um, buying and selling a few different cards that that you might want to track down. There's, I mean, there's a couple. You know, for instance, there's a couple uh, Jeff Gordon cards that I was looking at earlier. I, I had I had filtered for NASCAR, and then I had filtered for lowest price, and there was a Jeff Gordon card on there for like 11 cents. And the thing that I, as I looked a little bit more, I clicked on that card, and I looked, and there was one for 11 cents, and then the next cheapest one was like. 45 cents. And that is like the perfect type of card that I would be looking to buy and flip. Um, because what you essentially have to, uh, you could buy it for 11 cents, reprice it for like 38 cents, still be the lowest on the site. It would still be listed for 99 cents when they cross listed on eBay. And it's like the best of both worlds. It might take a couple months to sell, but you, you're probably going to be able to turn your 11 cents into 35 cents within a couple months. Um, and you get to experiment and, and learn a little bit. You get to dig into um, cards of some of the, the drivers that you like or, you know, guys that you like. You know, you can do that with some of the, the rookies that we talked about, too. Um, often you can see those and you look for that opportunity where the lowest price that's listed is you can double or triple your price and still be the lowest on the site. And, and you can get started um, experimenting um, for, for just 10 or 20 bucks and yeah, you don't get rich quickly doing that, but, uh, you can definitely create some margin or create some profit or create some store credit to use towards those things that you want to then ultimately get, get shipped, get shipped home. If you're talking about what to send in and, and submit from your own collection, I, my recommendation is that you also start small. You know, you're going to be paying a minimum of 50 cents a card um, for processing those, and so you definitely don't want to submit anything that is going to be selling for less than a dollar, in my opinion. And I would recommend starting with like a hundred card submission. You know, it's going to cost you $50 in submission fees, but it'll give you a chance to get a feel for 
what the process is like, you know, what might sell better than others from your, your collection or the types of cards you have. Um, and it, it just lets you kind of ease your way into it without committing like hundreds of dollars of submission fees right off the bat when you're, when you're not even sure if you're going to like it. So if it's just to get comfortable kind of flipping, you can do that with 10 or 20 bucks um, just to kind of get the hang of it. Um, if you're talking about submit submitting something, I wouldn't submit more than, you know, than maybe a hundred or 200 cards. And I'd make sure that kind of their cards that should sell for at least a dollar, if not, you know, five or $10. Okay. So I wanted to see if you, if you do the same thing that I do with all the talk about vaults lately for a couple of years now, I've been sending cards to Com C and not putting them for sale. Just for the reason of, I think eventually something's going to happen with that person. That player is going to get traded to the right team and then it'll be worth something. And I don't have to worry about it at my house getting damaged or a kid grabbing it or, you know, whatever. Do you do anything like this as far as like the storage vault, uh, you know, conversation goes? I have not done that. <clears throat> for something that I've sent to them and then not put it up for sale. I have bought stuff and then not immediately repriced it. You know, so I bought stuff that right. I think there's going to be something that happens. And then I just kind of leave it in my unpriced inventory for, for a period of time. And I've definitely bought stuff and then let it accumulate before I had it shipped home. You know, things that yeah, I wanted, I think yeah. this is a great price, but I don't necessarily need to have this card in my hand right now. And so I've definitely bought stuff and let it sit there and kind of built up, you know, kind of a big pool of stuff before I ultimately had it sent home. And so I've definitely done that, um, but I've not submitted something and then purposely not repriced it. Usually in those situations, I've just sat on them at home before I even send them in. Yeah. But it is, I mean, I made a tweet a couple of weeks ago. I mean, essentially it, it was one of the first vaults, you know, that that's essentially functioned like some of these others, albeit um, not with some of the same high end cards that you see in some of these more um, prominent uh, vaults that, that get a lot of popularity, but they've been kind of a low key vault for 15 years or whatever. Yeah, so um, it, it essentially serves the same purpose of, of having cards that you can see digitally insured and stored off site that you can immediately sell if you want to, you know, it, it's, it's pretty much all of those, all of those things that, that you're seeing be advertised for some of these other vaults. And nice. it can be cheap cards. It can be graded cards. It could be, you know, expensive, low end, you know, whatever. And it is kind of crazy. And it's exactly what you said. If that card is sitting there, it can be unpriced right now, but in two seconds, it can be listed for sale. It's already scanned. Yep. You know, everything's good to go front and back. And uh, like you said, it, it's been there for years, kind of right under a lot of people's noses. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things I don't think. I, I think at some point before I was um, a user of the site at all, they had an official kind of vault system or a vault product okay. or some kind of um, more structured entitled vault that I, I don't even know exactly how it worked that it was kind of something that they were experimenting with but even the norm like we said the normal site functionality is 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 a vault you know it's it's off-site storage that you can see digitally price or reprice or um unpriced and and just hold whatever it might be right like right. um 
that you can you can use at any time so yeah it's um i've i've not used it a ton like that other than kind of of storing some things that i that i kind of build up over time and um or storing some things that i bought cheap that i think are going to go up and so i wait a little bit before i reprice them so definitely a lot of flexibility on on how you want to use it either as a buyer or a seller now if they've done like they've done before you can bring stuff to the national and and then submit it and they'll bring it back uh back to seattle and, and then list it so yep and that can save you a little bit on on shipping you know you don't have to ship it to them at that point um you can just kind of hand it off to them and and work work through it that way i've done that my first submission ever was actually at the the 2017 national um in chicago that's that's the first submission i ever made to them um and then you know took a nice a nice uh load up last summer as well when it was back in chicago i did the same first time i submitted was at i don't know if it was atlantic city or if it was at cleveland but i i submitted at, at the national so and they've been doing that a little bit more at some of the other um shows that they've gone to you they've been able to just drop things off at some of those other shows as well yeah, they did that at the Dallas Card Show. Uncle Rich and Stefan and, and Angela were, were there. They had a table and they were taking in a lot of cards. I was I was impressed on how many cards they were actually taking in. I mean, they had like big 5,000 count boxes of cards that people were like, here, here you go. Cool. Well, I don't know. We, if we want to uh, end it here, we've been talking for quite a bit already. Logan, did you want to hit up the 92 tracks? Yeah, we can talk about that real quick. Let me... Um bring that window in give me one second that's great information mike we really appreciate that yes thank you yeah uh, com c you love it and like i said if you're a collector of nascar f1 there's a lot of inventory out there that and again with each card there's a scan front and back so yeah i'm, I'm looking at it right now there's ninety thousand six hundred fifty-nine cards of racing listed okay i was out perusing ebay getting ready for the show and I came across this uh, this little gem right here. This is uh, the card is a 1992 tracks Earnhardt Petty card, but the autographs on here are not real autographs. I mean, can you, you see look, that zoom in on the Petty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and this was this was sold on eBay, um, and it's if you notice, it's graded by the mint whatever that whatever meant grading service and it, it came back a, I was gonna say PSA but it's a mint it's a mint nine but you know they graded the card I, you know it says you know a1 autograph but they don't say anything about it the autograph being authentic and um, you know, this is what we've talked about before on the show these autographs are, are not at least in the opinion of, of myself and I think I'll speak for Val, and Jason as well, that these are not authentic autographs. They're not even remotely close. Yeah, I mean, even if uh, Mike holds up that um, Kyle Petty, you know, it has all that loops in it that this Richard Petty does not when it should. So it's one of the easier giveaways when looking at that 92 tracks. Yeah, it just, I, I you know. <sighs> so explain this to me, Logan, because val move up on the card a little bit where it says autograph series so how in back. the world are these autographs on there that aren't theirs but it's this is supposed to be an autograph card though correct right a lot of these cards got out of the factory unautographed 
Okay. All right. I don't know if it was after tracks went under. Okay. That right. these these un autographed cards. I don't know if they were I don't think they were in packs, were they, Logan? The unautographed ones? And no, so, they were not, I never saw an unautographed card in a pack. So I would say no. They were not. Yeah, most likely after tracks went out of business. The Dale was a better attempt than the Petty is, I will yeah, say. Yeah, if you look at the D and and that's the first giveaway. And then the E is also yeah. And then the H, look at that H. You know, that's not even close. So just what we're what we're saying here is buyer beware. And if you have any questions whatsoever about the authenticity of, of an autograph, and we have people asking us this all the time, not just on Petty, but on Earnhardt and other autographs, what what is your opinion? You know, we will tell people, hey, you know, this looks great, or hey, you need to stay away from this. This is this does doesn't look legit, and this is why it doesn't look legit. So, you know, this is just to show people and tell people on the show, hey, you know, the, there are fakes out there. This is one of them. And if you have any questions about uh, the authenticity of any autograph in NASCAR, uh, you know, we've seen the majority of them and we'll be glad to try to try to render an opinion for you. Well, I would also add that if you're in the market for the 92 tracks, Earnhardt Petty that you would, you know, stick with PSA, BG or Beckett. Uh, let me grab one of these here. And I think this Burbank is bad. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, let's look at one of the PSAs just kind of to show you the Petty real quick. In here, you can see the the looping. See if you can. That, you can, can you? You can't. You can't. You can't see that. You need to click it. Click. Click on it. And, oh, gotcha. Um. Oh, and add that back. I'm sorry. Let me pick that one. Can you see it now? Oh, you know why? Because it opened another window. That's why. Streamyard. Let me move that. Share. We're doing click 101 here, you guys. <laughs> well, I got all these windows open. There it is. Ha ha, I found it. Can you see it now? Yep, we can see it now. Okay. So yeah. you can see the, the looping in the R and the P is uh, one of the telltales for Richard Petty. Yeah, the Dale Earnhardt's not the best one. It looks like he was using a dry Sharpie at that point. But you can still see that the D looks looks different than the one on that other card. The E does. And of course, you saw that H. And I've never seen a Dale Earnhardt autograph that has an H that swoops up and comes back down like that H did on that other card. Yeah. Usually, when I look at the 92 Petty uh, Earnhardt, I always look at the Richard Petty first. If it passes the Richard Petty test, then I move on to... The Earnhardt, if it's not graded by PSA or, or Beckett, so I can't believe Burbank has one for sale. Uh, yeah. Do you want to look at that? That's that. Well, it looks the same as the other one that yeah. was graded yeah. by that man. So whoever did them. These, I think whoever did these got a stack of them and just did them all yep. the time, and then they they've gone out into the wild. Over and that's time. why PSA has that. Anything before nineteen ninety eight requires it to go through autograph authentication and then anything 1998 on does not need it can be just graded because i guess the autograph signing policies or whatever were, were more secure than the earlier version so yeah so yeah that this is just more of a 
of a buyer beware. If you have any questions, let us know kind of thing. We just wanted to show that and let you know that. Yeah, because how much was that? 400 It went for four or 500 bucks. Yeah, so. Which and NASCAR, that's a lot of money. Yeah, for now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're cheap guys. <laughs> so do we want to move on to King's Court real quick? Yeah. All right. Do that. Uh, let me see here. Cue the music. Cue the music. I can't get my finger to go the right way. <laughs> All right, this week's edition of King's Court. I'm gonna to try to make it pretty quick because I know we we we're, we we always run long. We never run short. As much as we want to run short, we just don't. So we'll start off with the the Joker of the week which is our funny or odd card or whatever you want to call it. This was on the 12th, just a few days ago. This one really struck me weird. This, the description doesn't match what the cards actually are. It's not, it says 1977 editions, Recante sports illustrated oversized trading cards. They are 1977, but they're sports caster cards. And within this lot are racing cards. And that's why uh, I picked that. But there were a bunch of cards in here, and this this set is it's I still think it's underrated. I mean, there's some cards in there that go for a lot of money, like the Wayne Gretzky and other cards. But this lot of cards, because this person didn't uh, you know list this thing correctly, went for twenty five dollars with one bid. If I had seen this, I would have bid on it for sure because I love these this Forecaster card. Well, it says two hundred and forty one cards. For 25 bucks. So yeah. 30 bucks with shipping. Yeah. We all need nice. that's a really good uh that's a great deal. And then, card price, yeah. And you know, I saw um within the racing cards, I think I saw who who put the racing one back up there, Val. The one on the top. Because I well I've I see I saw these at the show, they were selling for five dollars a piece. Yeah. I mean, you've got Nikki Lotta there, and uh I forget who I can't really see who all the other ones are, I can't tell. But, um, you know, for the Formula One guys, you know, going back to the 1977 Sportscasters, uh, these are some great, great cards to have because not only do they show the drivers of the era, but they, they go back in time and they also show uh, historical events. So, you know, it's a great set to collect. Uh, like I said, I love the Sportscasters. Uh, the thing about them is, is they've gotten very expensive to grade. I, I started to grade the, um, the racing, just the racing cards. And I got about halfway through and I don't think I'll ever probably get done with it now because it's like, even, even before the price hikes, they were like, like 16, $18 to get done. I have no idea how much these things are now. I'm sure they're 40, 50 bucks at least, even, even with value. But anyway, I just want to show that. Um, these are, these are really, uh, fun cards to collect. It's a huge set. There's like over 2000 cards total, but I think there's like 140 something racing ones in this set. And there are NASCAR, there's formula one, there's sports cars. There's all kinds of different forms of racing, you know, and that doesn't even include the motorcycles. They have a whole separate one just for a motorcycle. Um, and if you look there and uh, like what Val's showing, uh, there's Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth, you know, this part, whoever got this, got it, got a deal. 
for 25 bucks. Yeah, this football, the Joe Brown. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that, that's golf. That, yeah, there's Jack Nicholas, Johnny Miller there. Yeah. I looked at the hockey. I'm going, man, if there's a Gretzky in there, I'm going to really be upset. <laughs> no, I don't see Gretzky, <laughs> but I see uh, was it Bobby Orr, Gordy Howe. So. Yeah. Hey, yeah, they're cool. Somebody got a deal. Somebody got a deal. So, all right. So, moving on. Our Jack of the Week, 2022 Donruss Racing, Ty freaking Gibbs. Optic Signatures, one of one, Black Finite. This card uh, sold for $330 with 14 bids, which, you know, that may be a little high, but, hey, it is Ty freaking Gibbs. And, hey, Mike, check out his autograph. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a special one right there. Scribble, scribble. But he does that a lot. And, and uh what Jason brought up, you know, and I had not noticed before we he had said something, he has like all kinds of different versions of his autograph. It just depends on how he feels like scribbling that day. Yeah, I think <laughs> in what 2020, there were probably twice this <laughs> much autograph. Yeah. Now they're just uh I don't know. But but it, that when I saw that lit when I was pulling them up, I was like, oh man, the one on one was hit for the black finite optic. Yeah. I'd actually love to have that card. And that's what I said. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I missed it. Yeah. And we've talked about it before. There's so much. You can't, you can't find it all. You can't look at it all. You can't bid on it all. It's just impossible. But yeah, that's a cool card. It, it's got that, that disc. Is it the disco? I think in the background, I don't know if that's like a disco or I don't know what the little swirly it's things like, are. Look at cracked ice or something. I don't know. There's yep. there's so many different things. All I gotta do is just rub my eyes real hard, and I can you know <laughs> see yep. the different panini patterns. All right, so let's move on real quick. Uh, Queen of the week, female driver. This was on the ninth, 2020 Panini National Treasures Haley Deegan, race used rookie card. And Jason, you're gonna say something about this. I know it's number it's autograph number 14 of 25. It went for $785 with 16 bids. And Jason, what are, you, what are you going to say about this card? It's crooked. Yes, it is. Ding, ding, I, ding. I want to say, was, is this the same card or is it the same? No, I think the other one was going the other direction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a big pet peeve with us. If they're going to put like the Munster logo on there, they need to put it in the, the right orientation. Especially since she has it right on her hat. Yeah, yeah. But 16 bids, almost $800. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Ungraded. So that's yeah, ungraded. Yep. So the demand for Haley is still there, even though she's having some bad finishes. So, all right. Moving on. Boom. King of the week is the king. This is on the 13th of June. Richard Petty, RC rookie, 1972 STP Grail. King of NASCAR. Uh, it's an SGC card graded a four. Yeah, back and, looks good. Yeah, it, I looked at it. I thought it looked pretty good. Um, but they were asking $2,800, and it went for a best offer accepted of $1,500, which, in the grand scheme of things, that's probably a good price. Uh, as we all know, you can't 
these things just don't pop up very much. And if you get the chance to buy one at a, what I would say a reasonable price, and I think this is probably a reasonable price, uh, and you got the money to do it, you need to go click and buy it. I think you got to crack that out and get it autographed. Yeah. that's, that's There you go, the top right-hand corner. Look at that right there before. It looks like there's um, paper loss there. And at yeah, the bottom, that's the bad thing about those cards. Is they well, do have yeah, that loss, yep. Yeah. But that's a that's a beauty of a card still, and like what Val said, you know, crack that sucker open and get it autographed by the king, and then then that you really have something then. All right, next up, Ace One One. This is on tenth of June, twenty twenty. Tops Chrome Formula One George Russell, rookie, one of one printing plate. I think this is the first printing plate we've had as the one of one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm amazed they were asking $6,499 and 99 cents. The best offer that was accepted was $5,700. Hey, Val, turn the card back over, the plate back over. Never mind. I saw that mark on the back and I was wondering if they practice the. I think it's got a ding on it. Yeah, it's. Looks like it's scratched or. Yeah, there's something. No, uh, I thought the blue was on the plate. I see what it is now. Okay. Yeah, they were, yeah, be- they were circling at the show. Yep. Uh, so here and then zoomed in more. And it still went for fifty-seven hundred bucks. Yeah. With a sticker auto. You know, I just, you know, to and me, that's twenty twenty. Yeah. So. Yeah, to me, that's a lot of money for something like that. Um, you know, again, I'm a. NASCAR guy, and I, I don't spend a whole ton of money on uh, high-end cards like a lot of people do. But it just seems like for that, that was a, that was a little much. But so I, I would say that it's 2020 first year. It's George Russell's uh, rookie auto. It's a one-on-one printing plate. So I can see that uh, he is. What do we say? Third in points right now. So and Lewis Hamilton's teammate. So I, I can kind of kind of see it, but so hey, Mike, have you delved into Formula One any at all? No, I haven't. I I've not dabbled in it. Being uh, kind of a cheapskate, like like uh, like we were like talking us. about earlier, um, <laughs> you know that they just started off through the roof. I wish I would have listened to our friend Ivan when he was talking about some of those first Panini Instant um, cards that were you know super cheap when they when they first came out um i considered it i considered using some of my tops points even to get some free ones uh when they first came out but uh no i've not really dabbled in in the f1 at all yeah uh you know i'm like you i wish i had listened to what ivan ivan kind of knew the future i just i just didn't i just throw all my money I, i try to stay in my nascar lane i try not to get out of my lane too much even though i have collected some formula one now uh, still, I'm, I'm primarily going to stick with NASCAR. Well, I'm going to say, in my defense, they were $195 a box for 18 packs. <laughs> <laughs> it's compared that to NASCAR, there was no way I was paying that. So yeah. now they're what, $4,000 a box for 18 packs? But anyway, live and learn. Yep. All right. Last up. Last one. Raw Flush, highest price card of the week, was on the 9th of June. 2021 tops chrome number one, Charles Leclerc, 
Gold Wave Auto out of 50. It's a graded, graded a PSA 10. It's a pop one. And it went for $6,999.99. Click, buy it now. So that's a pretty card. Now, that card is, is I would, would, would much rather have that card than the printing plate. That's a nice auto. Has a nice I almost feel like it's a low price. I think you're right in the grand scheme of things, Jason. I think you're right. Especially with some of the Lewis Hamiltons that have come out. And you know, it's just this guy has way less than Lewis Hamilton or even Max. So. Agreed. And and like it's just a beautiful card, too. And like I said, it's graded as a PSA 10. I just don't have seven thousand dollars laying around to, to buy something like that. I want to retire. I want to retire in the next four years if I can. But yeah, that's a beautiful card. So that is our highest price uh, card of the week, and that is it for King's Court for this week. Hope everybody liked it. All right, awesome. All right. Well, I don't know if we have anything else. Uh, well, again, thanks to our sponsor, Penny America. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'll, get, I'll get back to you. Hold on, but please like and subscribe to the podcast YouTube, and the YouTube channel. And hello, new subscribers. Days of Diecast and Carolina Wrestling Historic Archives. And I think Jason had something. So it's already on. Well, by the time this comes out, it's already on social media. Uh, it's on the Twitter for me, Logan, and Val. There's a contest right now. It's exciting for us at least you know one of our celebrity hosts here uh is a cover model or cover athlete how would you say that uh, what is logan <laughs> so but anyways in april 2022 psa magazine there's a featured story on logan king nascar and we decided that in one of our multiple copies it would be interesting for us to sign it uh, so we're going to give that one away. So it's already posted on Twitter right now, and it's just the same basic formula for everybody, you know, follow, retweet, all that fun stuff. So, but it is posted right now, and we will announce a winner on next week's show. Yep, yeah, I'll, I'll ship it out uh, from the Stock Car Museum here. And again, thanks to our guest, Mike Summer, a.k.a. Wax Pack Hero, and... Mike, anything you wanna you wanna end with, or let people can find you? I, you know, we've talked about the you know the podcast, awesome, and the website. So, yeah, sure, yeah. If you wanna, if you have any questions about any of the stuff that we talked about, um, selling on on ComC, Sport Lots, eBay, getting started on ComC, any of those types of things, just feel free to reach out uh, at waxpackhero.com is where you can find. Um, the blog with the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute as the podcast comes out every week. Uh, I'm happy to to connect. Follow me on Twitter at the Mike Summer if you want to reach out on Twitter instead. Um, I'd love to love to connect and talk cards. All righty, I guess this this will be it. I'll wrap it up. Well, uh, thanks everybody for uh, listening, and we will catch you next week. We're Hashtag, out of here. Hashtag skid marks. <laughs>